Welcome to Thoughts of a Veteran Christian Mental Health Dude. I am your host, Rich Watson. Now, from time to time, we'd like to have guests on our podcast. And this episode, we have an interview with an individual that I was honored to teach a lesson with at church a few weeks back. Uh, this individual is named Sophia Daybell. She consistently leads and helps others in church and just all around. She is an outstanding and amazing human being. Now, during our lesson, she mentioned how someone told an individual very close to her, I love you even though. And then that individual proceeded to explain the reason behind the even though statement. During this interview, we're going to explore that thought. All right. Welcome to the show, Sophia. We're so happy that you're here and that you've taken time out of your day to speak with us. Oh yeah. Happy to be here. Outstanding. So uh, if you would, please tell us a little bit about yourself. So, hmm. Um, I'm originally from Charlotte, North Carolina, so uh, big Carolina Panthers fan, which I know uh, kind of breaks some gender stereotypes. My husband and I are big, uh, kind of have the gender role swapped a little bit there, big into sports, and and he is way more creative than I am. So um, let's see, I have two uh, sweet little boys um, and one in heaven that we... <laughs> love just as much. Um, I was a fifth grade teacher for a number of years and then, uh, decided to stay home at home with my boys. And now I do social media and marketing managing for a small business. And that pretty much covers the bases. All right. Fantastic. And now I mentioned this on the intro, but the reason we have you on the show is you and I were teaching a lesson together about a month back at this point, give or take. And uh, the lesson was a, a more of a question and answer base with the congregation. Uh, this was during our Sunday school of our church. And uh, I don't know what question kind of spurred this discussion, but during the discussion, you were talking about a uh, somebody that you know that you're close with who uh, came out. And during the conversation, uh, there was a statement that was said that really kind of rubbed you the wrong way. So if you would, please, would you kind of share that story with us as you see fit? And then we'll kind of go from there. Yeah. Um, I, I actually don't remember how the conversation took that turn, uh, either, but, um, so a couple of years ago, I had, uh, uh, somebody who's really dear to me come out, um, as gay. And, um, I remember being present at kind of like a, like a family gathering of sorts, um, where one of their relatives, you know, came up and, and it was the first time that they had seen him, um, since finding this out, I guess. And, um, you know, embraced him and, and gave him a big hug. And I was sitting watching, you know, from the sidelines thinking like how sweet this was, that you know, that this family's rallying together. And, um, oh, in the course of the, the hug, the embrace, um, the, the person says, you know, I love you, even though you're gay. And that really kind of struck a chord with me as I was sitting there. Cause I thought, well, what a really sweet moment that was, you know, for them to say, I love you, you know, just to, to embrace them. And, and I love you. But then they followed up with the caveat of, um, kind of like putting a stipulation on it. Like, I love you even though you do this thing that maybe I don't agree with or that I don't approve of. And it just took a really sweet kind of, you know, like spiritual moment of these, this family just kind of like coming together in love and then kind of colored it in a way that, you know, again, I just felt like 
I love you was enough. Okay. And and so that's kind of the, the conversation I want to take today, right? So I was sitting in church this morning and one of the leaders was talking to us about one of their, their goals for us as a congregation. And one of the things they said was that we needed to be able to tell others, whether it's our family members or not, that I love you more often. And we need to be able to say it vocally. And he even mentioned that we need to be able to say it without conditions. And I thought how perfect it was to hear that today when I knew you and I were going to kind of be talking about this. Uh, So let me ask you this question. How did that make the individual feel when they heard that secondary part, not the I love you part, but that secondary part? Well, kind of uh, what, you know, like what I had mentioned, like the, the, I love you. And then it's almost like a little bit of whiplash, right? You know, I love you, even though here's this, this thing that maybe I don't agree with, or I don't think is right, or, you know, what, whatever it is. And just, it takes that, it took that sweet moment for them of, of love and acceptance and feeling like seen and, and twisted it into something like, oh, oh, okay. So like, you're willing to say like, maybe you love 90% of me because you have excluded this 10%. And I, and I, and I love, you know, the idea of telling the people that we love more vocally that we love them because first of all, they need to hear it. And second of all, we need to say it. And then on top of that, loving kind of like, you know, without condition and, and without saying, let me just, and in in this particular instance, you know, let me find something that maybe I don't agree with you or something that you're doing that disappoints me and let you know that I love you in spite of that, instead of just saying like, I love you, period. Okay, so with this particular individual, um, I assume you still have regular contact with them? Uh, Yes, we do. Okay, so in that regular contact uh, with the individual that said that to them, do they still talk to them at all anymore or have they kind of cut off their relationship with them? No. And, and to be quite honest, it was more of like an extended family member anyway. It wasn't someone that they were particularly close with or someone that they needed that like reassurance, that acceptance from, you know, it just was more of like this idea again of like this whole family coming almost felt like the family's coming to rally together, except, you know, like that. And, and I think that it's kind of interesting from, from a, you know, a religious perspective, right. You know, as, as Christians, we look at Christ and, you know, you'd be hard pressed to look in there and, and and find an example where Christ extends his love and then puts a condition on it. And and it's not, I, I feel like it's not our place, you know, to put conditions on our love. I mean, obviously within reason, if you're in an unhealthy relationship or abuse or, you know, it's it's just overall a bad situation, then yes. But, you know, from like a normal healthy relationship or just the people you see on the street, right? You know, Christ would extend that love regardless of whatever else was going on. So then how do you, if, if there's somebody you love um, that is doing something that is maybe against your personal values or your personal beliefs, how would you communicate that to them uh, without putting the condition of your love on it? Or how would you suggest that? Well, I think first of all, you'd have to look at the, at the relationship in question, you know, is it worth that? You know, so, so in an example, you know, I think we all fall short of other people's expectations and, and it can be hurtful to be reminded of that. So for sake of argument, you know, you and Heather, let's just say, you know, every time you gave Heather a hug or just occasionally, you know, she gave you a hug and said, you know, Rich, I love you. 
even though, you know, you are not a CEO or I love you, even though, you know, insert whatever it is, whatever unknown condition of her her love that maybe you didn't realize was there. Like, oh, I didn't realize you loved me, even though I wasn't measuring up to some, you know, uh, like who, who is setting the conditions and why? And so from that perspective, you know, I think that there definitely is a time or a place to address, you know, maybe those expectations or, or, you know, if you've said somebody has different values from you, you know, to address that in, in a conversation, but I don't know that you need to address it in the same sentence as I love you, right? Like you can love them and then maybe talk about whatever, you know, the values or, but I don't feel like they should be in the same sentence if that makes sense. And it absolutely does. And I want, so I want to hit on a couple of things you said, right? I think first, when you look at it from a perspective of a distant family member, I, I feel like if a distant family member were to tell me something like, I love you, even though I'd be a lot more um, apt to say, okay, dude, kick rocks. Like, I don't care. <laughs> right. But when you bring it in, like, even when you said, if Heather were to say to me, uh, for those who don't know, Heather's my wife, uh, not some random person that we're talking about loving me. But um, if Heather, my wife, were to say to me, I love you, even though you're not a CEO or even though you're not this or whatever, that would hurt me immensely because I would instantly just be focused on that, even though. So I think another point that you made, too, is that it, it does depend on how close that relationship is. Um, but as Christians, we should be offering in that love regardless. Uh, so one of the things you said that I want to really delve into a little bit is love them separate from the conditions. So then is there ever a time, especially if you have a close relationship with that person, where you would feel like, okay, we we do need to have this conversation because while it may not hinder my love for them, it is something that I feel we should talk about. Do you think that's ever appropriate? Oh, absolutely. And and I definitely think that we you have to look at all aspects of you know, your relationship. And if there's something that isn't working, you know, or it, I don't, I guess too, like, I don't think that there's anything wrong with it, again, depending on that particular relationship, like maybe with your spouse, there shouldn't be off limits topics, you know, but maybe a coworker that you see all the time, it's the type of thing where you're like, Hey man, like I love this relationship that we have, but I don't need to hear about you know, X, Y, or Z, or this kind of makes me feel uncomfortable, or I don't necessarily agree with insert, you know, here, because, you know, again, as Christians, you know, I think that the the Christ that I believe in the Christ that I know, you know, he extends his hand without, without that condition. And he, you know, he doesn't say something, you know, like I'm only here for you. You can only take my hand, but only if you, um, you know, graduate college. Or you're welcome to come talk to me, but only if you're going to vote this way in the upcoming election or, you, you know, whatever it is, if you root for this sports team, if you frequent this bar, right? Like we could fill that in with any number of things. And while I do feel like, yes, there are and should be opportunities for us to kind of challenge each other and, and in doing so, as, as long as the, I guess the intent is to make the relationship better. You know, if your intent is to go in and say, I love you, even though, and then, or we don't have this value system that aligns. And my intent is not to make the relationship better or to receive clarity. And we're doing it from almost like a weaponizing standpoint. Like here's how, here's how, or why I am doing something right. 
and you could be doing something better or, you know, what, whatever the conditions are, as long as we're going in with an open heart and an open mind with the intention of bringing each other together and uplifting one another, then I don't think that there's a problem having that, like your values and mine may not be the same. Okay, great. And I think, uh, you know, a couple of things you said that I want to hit on and I want, I want to discuss a little further. Um, you accept, you said that he extends his hand to us, you know, without condition. And I believe that wholeheartedly. Why then do you think it's so hard for us to do that? Because in most relationships, whether we want to admit it or not, no matter how good of people we think we are, we have some sort of condition to that, right? Um, so why do you think that's so difficult for us when somebody comes up with something that is against our values or against what we believe is so difficult for us to, to do that, to simply love like he did without those conditions? Well, I will, I'm not going to proclaim to be a professional, anything other than a professional human. Um, but I, I would definitely say, I think, because a lot of times we want people to look the same as us, right? We want things that challenge us so, can sometimes feel us like we're backed into a corner. Like, for example, if I believe that I should be doing X, Y, and Z to obtain X, Y, or Z, then somebody who may not be doing those same things kind of may feel like a challenge to me. Like, why do they feel like they can maybe live their life more freely in a way that I don't myself feel comfortable doing? And I think it's worth looking at that and having that conversation, wrestling with that in yourself and saying, why do I feel threatened by this person's choices? Or why do I feel judgmental of this person's choices? And, and does it come from a place of, you know, jealousy? Am I wishing that I could live my life doing those same things? Or is it from the perspective of, I don't feel like I should do those things. So no one should do those things. And then looking at that and saying, you know, is that, would that have been, you know, Christ's, was that how he handled it? And I'm not here to say that Christ was okay with everything because I don't obviously, you know, believe that he just felt like you can do whatever you want and consequences, you know, are out the window. Right, right. Christ, Christ definitely still talked about sin here and there. So please go yeah. ahead. <laughs> no, yeah. And, but I think that that's the, that's the important thing, right? Is like, it's so easy for us to look at who we fit with, right? And especially as Christians, we kind of find ourselves into this like homogeneous mixture where we all, you know, maybe dressed similarly, or we, we prescribe to the same belief system. So we just feel more comfortable with this particular group of people. But when you look at Christ's life, you know, it's like he, you know, spent time with lepers, you know, with the sick and he was with Romans and sinners and fishers and Jews and, you know, Christians. And, you know, sometimes I think that we limit ourselves by kind of boxing, putting people into those boxes and then saying, I'm only going to spend time in this particular box because I feel jealous or threatened or uneasy or whatever by anybody who doesn't fit in that box. Yeah. You know, I heard someone talk once they said, uh, we've never actually gotten out of high school in high school. We had our, our jocks, we had our nerds, we had our, you know, you name it, right. We had all these different boxes in high school and we want to think and pretend that we've grown out of those, but we haven't, they're just different boxes. And we like to be within our own group and our own box and 
kind of get away from anybody that's not there. But to your exact point, that's definitely not what Christ would have done. Um, and we need to try really hard to emulate that. So the other thing you said uh, in previous comment, you talked about what is the intent of, of your comment. So we went in a little bit about if you have to have that discussion with somebody, or if you, if you love that person so much, you really want to have that discussion about whether it's a behavior or whether it's whatever they're doing that's kind of rubbing you the wrong way. It's also not fair to just let that sit, right? So, so you have that conversation, but what is the intent of that conversation? And do you think then, based on the intent of that conversation, how do you think it helps the individual when they understand your intent of that conversation? I think you have to look at it too, you know, from, from, you know, your own perspective, if you thought again with, you know, your wife or something, and if she came, you know, to you, and I, I actually think you mentioned this in our, in our lesson where it was kind of like, you know, if she says, Hey, Rich, would you take out the trash, you know, and then you look at it and, and immediately focus, you know, hypersensitive to the negative, right? Like I'm just a terrible husband. She thinks I'm the worst here. She is harping on me to take out the trash again you know, versus understanding that maybe she was just like, oh my gosh, the trash needs to be taken out. And let me remind Rich, because I know he's got a lot going on and I know, you know, he's, you know, doing a lot of different things. So let me just say, oh, hey, Rich, when you get a chance, could you take out the trash? And realizing like, she may have just been doing that out of love or out of like a, hey, don't forget where I think sometimes we go into a conversation and especially when it's a hard topic and especially when it's one that's going to stretch or maybe ask us to change, we, you know, put our guard up and, and we get really gated and cagey, like our backs in a corner, like this person who loves me and who loves me more than anybody or whatever, you know, is asking me to do something that must mean, and then insert all the negative things you may think about yourself. And I think that's a, a really valid point. You know, at, at work, we talk a lot about feedback at work and feedback with peers and feedback with subordinates and superiors and, and this whole 360 feedback model. Um, but even with that, we talk about the person that's receiving or giving the feedback, trying to assume positive intent of that person, right? If I'm giving somebody feedback at work, it's not to demean them or punish them. It's usually to help them grow in a specific area. Um, and it's kind of the same concept here, I would think, is that if I'm, if we're opening up the conversation, if you can assume that my intent is out of love and maybe an intent of seeking understanding, then I think it's a little bit easier to forgive maybe what comes after that if it's something you don't agree with. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, absolutely. I actually watched a uh, an Instagram reel um, by an individual who is, you know, uh, still a practicing Christian and, um, who identifies as a member of the LGBTQ community. And he, um, in over the course of his reel, you know, he just said, instead of, you know, backing away from, or being guarded from maybe a member that of, of the LGBT, LGBTQ community that you may not agree with, or you may think that their lifestyle is wrong or sinful or whatever, rather than, you know, approaching it with that, he used the word, he said, be curious. And I actually was talking to somebody about this and I had sent them this reel and, and they sent, said something back, like, I guess I don't understand, like, be curious about what, you know? And I said, be curious about them, right? Be curious about them as a person. 
and, you know, their interests and, you know, what they like, what they don't like, or, you know, do they root for a specific sports team? Do what's their favorite dessert? You know, just the, the normal human curiosity that comes from anything, you know, that you experience with everyone. So, you know, you may say, well, it goes against my values to, let's just say, you know, smoke weed. So, being curious about somebody who smokes weed may not be the conversation of like, Hey, let's talk about how you do that. And like how it makes you feel, but it may be something like, so what are you doing on Friday? You know, and just being curious about them as an individual. And again, being able to kind of separate the two and say like, I may not agree with this behavior, but that doesn't mean I can't love them. And I can't, uh, you know, just accept them as a person, because there are probably things about my behavior and about me that they don't agree with. Well, I think you bring up a valid point as we're talking about uh, specifically the LGBTQ community. Um, we don't define ourselves by any one part of, of who we are, right? There is, a, you know, for me, for example, right? I, I'm a veteran, I'm a Christian, I'm a husband, I'm a father. The list could go on and on of all these different things no single one of those things define me. So I don't always want to be known as Heather's husband, uh, but there's definitely times where I enjoy being Heather's husband for sure. Uh, I don't always want to be known as a veteran. I don't always want to be known. Um, in fact, I'd rather just be known as rich. And so when we hyperfixate on that one aspect of, of them as individuals, then that's all we're doing is defining them as that. And I think when we do that, it's, it becomes next to impossible to show love because you're only focusing on, on one thing. Yeah. And, uh, and I, and I think part of that too is, and in, in to kind of bring, you know, maybe Christ, you know, back into it is, is, does he do that with us? Right. Is that the Christ or the God that you believe in? Do you think that Christ or God is hyper fixated on the things that are wrong with you? You know, and if you do, like, I would urge you to, you know, go, go back and hit the scriptures a little bit more. Cause that's not who he is. Right. You know, he's, we, I, as human beings, are definitely much more inclined to say, why me? And list all of our faults. Like, why could somebody love me? And here's what's wrong with me. And um, But Christ isn't going to look at us and say, hmm, let me just go ahead and list all the behaviors that I, I don't endorse and then let you know that maybe you're not actually welcome here because if nothing else, what we've learned from him is that he loves people and, you know, he entertains them, he heals them and he teaches them regardless of their background. And kind of like you said about how we. You know, we like to box ourselves or whatever our box, or he only spends time in our box and that's not true. And I think that's a very valid point, right? He, he, um, <clears throat> I heard a joke a long time ago and I, it was kind of funny to me. Um, it said, when we get to heaven, uh, each denomination of church will have its own little section of heaven so that they'll each think they were right. And I've always just kind of thought that was a funny concept because we do, we spend time in our box and we think if you're in our box, you're absolutely right. And if anything outside of that is, is wrong, um, so let's go back to, like you said, let's, let's bring it back a little bit to Christ. We know that Christ loves unconditionally. And to be fair, I don't know that that is a valid thing to ask of any of us as humans, because there's always going to be some sort of 
condition attached. Um, so how can we then, or how do you think we can as humans not allow that condition to overtake our, our love and how we show our love to others? Well, I, you know, and I, I, I love that. Cause I, one time I was talking to my mom about something about being, you know, oh, well, such and such is so judgmental or whatever. And she says, we all are, you know, like it, it's impossible to never not, you know, judge someone. I mean, and, but I also think, you know, along those same lines of, you know, loving without condition or, you know, whatever is, is it's easy for us to say we're going to love unconditionally. And it's a lot harder for us to do that. And, and kind of like, we hit on a little bit before in relationships, there should be conditions, right? Like I shouldn't love you unconditionally if you're hurting me. But also when we look at it and say things, you know, about the conditions of, you know, sometimes I think that the things that, that hurt us or are different sometimes can be those values, right? Like I want to love this person unconditionally, but I'm having a really hard time with, you know, this. And so that's kind of the idea of maybe there are just some things kind of the uh, agree to disagree kind of mentality, but a little bit of, you know, maybe they're just things that we don't talk about. Right. So, or maybe there are just parts of your life and my life that aren't going to jive. And I don't need to know like the intimate details of this part of your life, but I'd really like to be included in everything else. And, um, you know, I, I think I, but I do feel like, yes, we absolutely should have conditions in a relationship. We should not open ourselves up to just be, you know, walked all over continuously, you know, and, and that goes hand in hand sometimes with, with our values that sometimes it's just, it's not going to work if we are, if this is a source of contention or if we can't get over this politically, emotionally, our values, our testimony, whatever it is, then we just agree to say, this is just something that it doesn't have a place in our relationship. And as friends, Let's just, you know, stick to this side. Well, I think you bring up a, a very good point. If you've listened to or hung out with me for more than five minutes, you're going to get in a conversation about values with me. It's something I enjoy talking about. I think it's very much at the core of who we are. And uh, we can't live our best life if we don't truly know our values and aren't living our lives according to those values. And so the issue becomes when somebody that we're sitting across from or somebody that we're friends with, uh, they're doing things that are a complete opposite of what our values are. And on a simplest of levels, if I value physical fitness and I'm striving to always be in, in great shape, not true. You can look at me and figure that part out. But if that's what I'm valuing and the person that I'm sitting across from is the exact opposite and they're always stuffing their face full of nasty food, it's going to be very hard for me to want to spend time with that person because of that. Uh, the same could be said for somebody who values Christianity. If there is something that in Christianity is viewed as a sin, and I value that Christian faith in my life, then it is going to be hard to sit across from somebody who's living their lives completely opposite of your values. And so I think it's a valid point to say, okay, I need to be okay with that. And conversely, that person needs to be okay with it. I remember having a conversation with my sister years ago uh, when, when she came out and she finally came to me and said, can I ask you what you feel about this not as rich as my brother, but as a Christian. And it was a very different conversation. I never once said, oh, you're going to hell or anything like that. That's not who I am as a person. But I said, if you're asking me this, I am going to share it with you from my perspective. And it became a very different conversation. But we were able to have that because of our love for each other. 
And even though there's some values that maybe oppose each other there, our love overrides that. So how would you say for this particular person in this instance, have they been able to still cultivate those relationships close to them uh, after coming out? Or has that hindered some of those relationships? And if so, kind of why? So uh, first, something that I, I thought of while you were, were kind of talking is this idea too that that's, I know a lot of times as Christians, we, you know, we want to love everybody. We want everybody to be our friend or whatever. And sometimes I think it's okay to say, I love you enough to like, leave you alone. Right. Or I yes. love you enough yes. to just let you be. And that doesn't mean if they did, if they needed help moving that I wouldn't go help them move. Or if they just had a baby that I wouldn't bring them food. Right. It doesn't mean that we can't serve them and we can't love them, but sometimes it's just, I love you enough to again, just let you, you know, live your life. And we're so, just going to kind of, you do you and I do me. Absolutely. And, and then, you know, to kind of answer your question, you know, the relationships, you know, with have changed, but I would say that largely, um, that is on the other person, if that makes sense. So in this particular instance, my friend, he, um, hasn't changed it's the people around him, right? So something in his life piv pivoted and then maybe they changed or gauged their reaction a little bit differently. Um, and that is what I, from an outsider, from a third party have, have seen is that instead of, you know, for a most people, I would say that the love and the same respect and, and you know, we had talked about like, I, I love you and you're my family member or you're my friend or you're my whatever cousin or, and so I love you period. Right. And so they're, they've allowed that relationship to just continue because you are who you are. Like you are rich, not you are rich insert all these other titles. Like I just love you as a person, but the relationships that have changed, you know, more negatively have been from the other person being kind of like, well, I can't really, get over this part of you, or I can't really associate with someone who does this, or it's just been like kind of the same as it was before. Like I see you at holiday functions. Right. And, and I imagine when it's a real close relationship, that's got to be very difficult. And, and there's got to be some struggle to come to come to grips with that. But then there's also those relationships where you're like, okay, cool. See you. You know, it's like you said, see you at the holiday function and we'll maybe high five while we're there, but that's going to be about it. Um, so, so in this general vein, as you think about this from the the Christian perspective, the the comment I want to go back to you said is is I love you. Period. How do we as as individuals then get to that? How do we get to that point? Because even as we're talking about this, right, I can think of people in my life that I'm like, I love you, but and and you know, but this thing or whatever, and I want to be that person who gets to the I love you. Period. And I'm there with my wife and with my kids. And, and, you know, maybe it is just a relationship thing. Those that I'm close with, very much so, I love you, period. Those that I'm not close with, it's just not the same. And so is there a definitive delineation between that? Or do you think it's possible to get to that point with most people in your life? Um, I would definitely say that the most important people to get there with are the close people. And so are your children going to disappoint you? Absolutely. And is your spouse going to disappoint you? Yes. And are you going to disappoint them? A hundred percent. You know, that's just, again, part of being human. That's the human experience is 
is that they may have expectations and we may fall short of them knowingly or unknowingly. And just being that person that can say like, I love you, you like the, and insert the period there, you know, I love you because you're my husband, not, I love you, but here's something that you could work on. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with having the, here's something you could work on conversation with anybody, you know, I think it's more of just that idea of, you know, I think sometimes we try to sandwich it, right? Like we try to tell them that we love them. And then maybe that in this blow a little bit of like what we're about to say, when in reality, a lot of times I think the statement of I love just that, that connection between two people of I I love you is enough. And then having, and you can express your love, you know, when you're having the conversation of here's how we should change you know, or whatever. But I, I, I like the story in the Bible. Um, right. And we only know her as the adulterer. And I, and I, and I wonder why, you know, like be probably because, you know, humans wrote the book. Right. So like we can just imagine, but I imagine in the particular, in that particular story, right. Like the story is, you know, she's sinned. They've brought her before Christ. Christ says, everybody sins and then looks at her and says, go and sin no more. And I'd like to think he used her name. So, you know, Meg, you know, go and send no more, but he doesn't say, ew, yuck her. Ooh, that's icky adultery. Mm-mm. Like, ah, uh, that's kind of like where I draw the line. You know, he just, he looks at her and he doesn't even acknowledge what she's done. That is wrong because he knows that she knows that it's wrong. And obviously, you know, she's repentant and does he do that to us? Right. When you ask for repentance, is he kind of like, ew, rich, but what you're repenting for is really icky. Okay, go and sin no more. Insert, you know, your sin here. And I think it's important for us to kind of follow that same, you know, footprint, that same map of saying just kind of like, that's the same type of idea as just, I love you. We both know maybe that there are things that we could work on, but maybe now's not the time and the place. You know, and, and you hit on a, a lot there. And I want to go back to one thing is, when you're having that conversation, it almost feels to me, um, and this could be a rich thing, so so take it for what it's worth. But if you're going to say, I love you, but, and then explain the 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 but or the however or whatever, um, that's all I'm going to hear. But if you were to even flip-flop that a little bit and, and, you know what, I love you, and then you go back to the conversation a few days later or whatever and kind of talk about whatever it is that's kind of grading you or, or, or rubbing you the wrong way, and in that conversation, ensure that, even during that conversation, you're expressing your love for the person. I think that's very different. Even though you may have the same intentionality behind both statements, when you tell me I love you, but I don't hear the I love you. I I don't, right? It's just not going to happen. I don't hear it. All I hear is the but, and I'm waiting for what comes after it. Um, Whereas if we're having a conversation about something that you're struggling with pertaining to me, But during that conversation, you're still doing it in a loving way and expressing your love to me. I'm hearing that loud and clear. And I think that makes a a, a big difference. All right. So I don't want to keep you here all day, but as as we look at this whole conversation, this whole topic, uh, is there anything else that you kind of want to want to hit on um, that you want to discuss a little bit? Well, I I like what you said about the what what do we listen for in that in that. I love you, you know, thing, the, I love you, but, and I think it's definitely a perfect world when we can truly love without caveat and without these, you know, things tied to it, these stipulations, 
in every single relationship that we have. And, and that's not, and I, and I don't want to come off as saying like, you should just accept people, even though they may be doing, or excuse me, not accept people, but you should just be okay with anything, with any type of behavior or, or so be it. Because I don't think that again, that Christ was just kind of like, do whatever the heck you want. But I do think it's important for us to realize sometimes it's not our place. Right. And that's kind of more my, like, I love you period comes into play is I love you. And I'm not here to change you in any other way than I hope that you become better by knowing me, because hopefully I'm becoming better by knowing you, because I, I definitely believe, you know, that God and Christ want us to change. They encourage us to change and to become better and to become the best versions of ourselves. Um, and we can do that. I think without reminding people how often they fall short or when they fall short, that we can help the people around us to become who maybe they're meant to be and not who we want them to be or who we think they should become, but maybe who God wants them to become and encourage that type of behavior just by loving them and not holding either sin or behavior or a like or a dislike above their head. And and there's so much, so much we can unpack in that statement, but I think it is, goes back to the relationship with the person, right? It's, I'm sitting here listening to you say this and I'm like, that's easy for me to do for, for my buddy, right? For, for a friend of mine, it's a lot harder for me to do for my child because I do want a certain life for my child, right? I, I want that for them. Uh, I want the best life for them. And in my mind, I know what that looks like. And so I, I, I try to, at the age I have now, they're all teenagers. I have one who's a little bit older. Um, I want to try to guide them towards that. But as they get older and start to make those decisions that don't align with that, it does make it a little more difficult. It doesn't change my love for them. But when I start to add those conditions or those even those statements, the perception in their eyes is he doesn't love me as much because of. And I think therein lies a lot of the danger. When we start to list the shortcomings of somebody and we associate that with statements like i love you most people are going to hear no you don't no you don't because of x y and z you don't actually love me and that is a very especially with your children i think is a very slippery slope to get on um so what else anything else you want to kind of wrap up with no i i i think you know that that kind of just the, what you said at the very end is is really, is really nice. You know, just the whole sentiment of like, I feel like I know what's best for you. Um, but then coming at it from a perspective of like, instead of like telling me, telling you how you could be doing something better, you know, just kind of like, let's have that conversation, but with love and, and maybe not saying, you know, like when you go up and hug somebody and just tell them, Hey, I love you, you know? And I think that that's a lot different than, you know, if, you know, you have a spouse who's doing something that you don't like or your children or something that maybe you don't agree with. And and every time you see them in every conversation, somehow that weasels its way in, then you definitely, I think, get to a point where it's like, okay, but do you love me or do you only love me if I do exactly what you want me to do instead of allowing me to, to make my own mistakes or have my own free agency and, and, um, I just, I really, you know, I like the state, I, I like the idea too, you know, of like some things are easier to overlook for a friend and, but they're harder to look, overlook for a spouse. But when, 
you're with, you know, your spouse, like that's who, you know, you're, you're doing life with, right. You've chosen to do life with them. And again, assuming that the behavior is not harmful or hurtful, you know, or abusive in any way, then sometimes it's just getting to that point of having just a conversation and, and having that conversation with love, but not reminding them every chance you get. Right. And I, I think that's the perfect thing to end with. So uh, that having that conversation with love and not reminding them every chance you get. So Sophia, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today and just for taking some time out of your day to talk with us. Uh, it's definitely appreciated. Um, and hopefully we can do this again sometime. If not, at least teach another lesson together. I will tell you um, of all the lessons I've taught in church, that was probably my top two or three uh, fun times I've had teaching with somebody. Uh, absolutely admire you as a person and what you bring to the table every time you speak. So really uh, sincerely appreciate you taking time out of your day uh, to, to talk with us. Thank you. Absolutely. Happy to be here. I think All you're right. pretty great too. <laughs> and so uh, final takeaways from this is uh, don't insert anything. Don't do any caveats with your love towards others. Simply do what Christ would do and strive to love others. Rich out.